0: Welcome to Minisode 125 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast given a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional dude in musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart. Hello! How are you, Mitch? Good afternoon. I am fine, thank you. We are coming in hot today uh friday afternoon yeah
1: there's a weird it almost feels like time travel in a way it's like we've bought ourselves time
0: it does feel a bit strange doesn't it to be this far ahead of the game how has your week been you have been off work for a few days at this point haven't you
1: yeah i'm on holiday whoop 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 uh, i'd love to tell you that i'm sat here in a hawaiian <laughs> shop drinking a massive jug of margaritas on a beach somewhere but i'm not i'm in my house listening to my son crying in another room <laughs> I've got to say, he's not in the other room on his own. I haven't just left him crying.
0: He is having his needs attended to, I trust. Yeah, it's all under control. How has your week been? What have you been watching?
1: I checked out something that's inbound in the next few weeks. If you don't already know, and uh, I'm sure you do because I've been talking about it for months. On November 16th, our pals at Second Sight are releasing Dawn of the Dead on 4K UHD. Big mad package full of all sorts of stuff. We were lucky enough to be sent screeners for most of what's included in the set. Uh, there's some soundtrack CDs and obviously the books that come with it as well. We haven't really... They don't send you that kind of stuff out. But they sent out the discs. Unfortunately, they didn't actually send out the 4K disc. I don't know if there's an additional cost in putting that kind of stuff together to send it out. But they did send out, I guess, what you would get in the limited edition Blu-ray release. Okay. I, I don't think at this point I need to talk too much about George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead.
0: No, not really. No, even I've seen that.
1: Only the third best zombie film ever made in my opinion.
0: (laughs) Behind Night of the Living Dead and Zombie Flesh Ears. Incorrect. Ah.
1: The best zombie film, in my opinion, is Day of the Dead.
0: Ah, okay, okay followed
1: by zombie flesh eaters and then dawn of the dead
0: okay i will take partial credit for that answer then (laughs) oh will you (laughs) yes i've decided that's what's happening um okay so tell us a little bit more about this then
1: so basically you've got the theatrical cut on your kind of main disc Mm -hmm. here new 4k scan kind of old commentaries on here as well uh i've got to say historically with dawn of the dead a lot of what you get is stuff that's appeared on various other releases over time and stuff that you've heard before if you've got one version odds are you You've got most of what you're going to hear and see. But I'm right. pleased to say that the second the second site package that they're putting out on the fourth disc, the special features disc, is pretty much mostly new material, which is cool. Cool. Uh, so it comes with a theatrical cut. Uh, it comes with the extended can cut, which is 10 minutes longer. Okay. It comes with the Dario Argento cut. Which nice. is the shortest of the bunch, I have to say. It's just coming in at a piddly 120 minutes. Paltry. <laughs> but... uh on the 4th uh, the disc, the special features disc, there's just an absolute wealth of stuff on here, like feature length documentaries, there's all sorts of stuff, there's, there's a tour of them all, there's the issues that they had actually putting it together, there's a whole segment with Tom Savini on the effects. It's really wildly comprehensive if I'm honest. It's far and away the most comprehensive release of Dawn of the Dead I've seen. I've also got the Arrow Video one, so that kind of just about completes any supplementary features that you might be looking for. Uh, But I did mention CDs as well. It comes with the the Goblin soundtrack uh, from the Italian version. It comes with two additional CDs, which is... now I've already got one of these CDs, but it's basically all the weird kinda wee bits of music that are in there. Like, you know, famously, The Gonk? Do you know that the, the tune The Gonk? Uh, no. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: okay, another one you got so It's
1: got all that kind of stuff on here. It also comes with a book in the actual package, a 160-page book called Dissecting the Dead, which is just for like essays and marketing artwork and merchandise images and stuff like that i mean i haven't seen that yet but i've seen images of it on second sites social media and the original novelization kind of repackaged but apparently the text's all the same it's unbelievable this was a day one pre-order for me on in the on the 4k version just ticking down the days now to november the 16th till i actually get that but really great to take a look at it the film's never looked better i can only imagine that the 4k version looks
0: Amazing. Sure, yeah, okay. So this is November 16th, yeah? November 16th, a second
1: sight. It's Dawn of the Dead. I could talk about the film all day, to be honest, but we all know Dawn of the Dead. We all know how good Dawn of the Dead is. Um, there's not much more I can say about the film at this point Except it's absolutely amazing And you're going to struggle to find A better set than this It's as comprehensive and as expansive As it's almost possible to be
0: Nice, okay, so that sounds like a pretty deep dive you yeah, had time for anything else? I have, Mitch, actually uh, Anyone who knows me
1: will know that I'm a massive fan of Drag Race And that kind of leads me on to the Billy Brothers Dragula Which I'm also a massive fan of
0: Now we did touch on this with the um, Episode with Sam on Friday
1: We did indeed, so uh, I think it was Thursday this week, yesterday, the Bully Brothers resurrection arrived on Shudder. And uh, normally, I mean if you want to watch Dragula, you can find Dragula all current three you can find Dragula, the current three series, on Amazon Prime. But if you don't know what Dragula is, personally I prefer it to Drag Race because it's much more mass speed. It's creepier, it's dirtier, it's nastier, it's basically a drag race for filthy people like us. Okay. Um. But this, what, what they've done here is they've brought back contestants from the first three series for a kind of one-off competition to see right, okay. who's going to win a cash prize and uh, the winner would also be invited back to take part in season four. This is really great. Uh, the invention on show here is mind-boggling. Some of the artistry on show as well. I mean, we've got people doing full, pretty much full-body prosthetics and stuff. It's it's a, it's a wild time. Like uh, some of these contestants, the stuff that they're doing is just mind-bogglingly strong. But then there's also these real moments of like sadness, and you you, you learn a lot more about certainly the contestants on this over the span of this two hours than you really get a chance to do in their individual series that they appear in. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Uh, Really touching, occasionally moving, uh, occasionally gory and just absolutely jam-packed with invention. Uh, I don't know if anyone else out there likes Dragula, I'm sure they do. But uh, I wouldn't necessarily say That this would be a, an entry Point into Dragula, I would begin at the beginning
0: Okay, sure, right, okay, okay and You kind of get
1: a, a grounding in the contestants Previously, but uh, yeah It's really cool, I wonder if they're going to Pick up Series 4 on Shudder Because it, it, to me it would be strange Now for them to have done this One-off thing on Shudder And then not do that, like not, not actually put Series 4 on them
0: Yeah, it doesn't really mesh with the way that kind of Things are broadcast and how things are picked up and how are programmed these days, would it?
1: There's probably a lot of people who watch Dragula who don't have Shudder. So to me, it would, it feels like a kind of missing segment, in a way, if it isn't done that way. Uh-huh. That's the completionist in me freaking out.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I guess you won't be alone in that either. Um, <laughs> uh, so the first of a couple of uh, Halloween specials coming to Shudder over the next little while, which we'll get to in a while.
1: Sure, yeah. The only other thing I checked out was... Uh, Bora
0: subsequent movie film. Okay, not entirely fit for purpose, no. but a quick catch-up on your thoughts on that? No,
1: I, I thought it was quite funny, I've got to be honest. In spite of myself, uh, I thought it was pretty funny.
0: Okay, I'm on the fence about whether or not I can be arsed with another one of them, but I'll probably <laughs> end up watching it at some point. Yeah. Um... I have a few things. I have been dipping into Fright Fest a little bit, the digital Fright Fest, seeing as I sadly will not be at Sally Lloyd Screams, as many other people won't be, but I hope Mm. that everybody that's there has a great time. The lineup is amazing, as it always is, but yeah, because I'm not going to be there, I've plumped instead for the digital edition of Fright Fest, or at least part of it. (laughs) I am not signing over like four or five days to it, because I'm by myself in my flat, and I think that I'm just kind of not really for doing that for that amount of time but I've kind of cherry-picked the odd thing that I want to watch
1: you would weigh 400 stones like if you just (laughs) sat for five days watching all of Frightfest in your flat like at least at the festival, you, you can get up and you can like you can walk about, you can constantly plodding around London. I think sitting in your flat would encourage you to eat like a pig and just drink too much.
0: Yeah, and I can categorically promise that I've done neither of those things so far. <laughs> um, I've cherry-picked a few things, like I say, I'll have more to talk about next week. Um, <laughs> particularly on Sunday, I'm gonna do a tripler of um, am gonna watch The Stylist again, but I'm also gonna watch Slacks and also Natasha Kamani's film Lucky as well, so looking forward to getting stuck into all of them.
1: Yeah, I've got Lucky on Sunday as well and
0: cyst. Oh yeah okay there's a couple other things on Saturday that I'm kind of sizing up but uh, I can't put my finger on what they are right now but I'll be talking about all of it next week. (laughs) What I did do though was I checked out a Dead uh, from Hayden J. Wheel last night.
1: Right I've seen a lot of people talking about this it seems like it was quite fun.
0: Yeah I quite liked it. It is a new zealand comedy which is kind of reasonable stock and trade for horror festivals these days in terms of the like it seems like whenever these things kind of get programmed they tend to go down really well this Mm. seems to have been no exception what you have here is um a stoner character who can see dead people who teams up with the ghost of a dead policeman to stop a serial killer right okay um i was kind of quite charmed by this in a way that a lot of these kinds of films are charming i would say that i didn't like it as much as some people seem to okay i think that it probably ran out of steam a little bit for me as the story had to to kind of drive itself down ending, but I did enjoy it and I can totally understand why it's landed well with people. I would say that it would probably play as a reasonable companion piece to something like Extraordinary, although I think Extraordinary is better.
1: I thought you were going to say that, I thought that would be uh, the comparison you were going to make there.
0: Yeah, elsewhere I did take a look as well at Jeffrey Riddick's uh, Don't Look Back. All right, okay,
1: sure, yeah.
0: Mm. Um, so, what you have here is a kind of mystery thriller type affair um, where this guy is uh, fatally assaulted in a park and a bunch of people don't do anything to help but film it on their phones. And then those people are the kind of witnesses that are solving this.
1: Right. Okay. Cool.
0: Um, Interesting. Yeah, I thought this was alright. It leans pretty hard on kind of this notion of people doing nothing. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. In these situations, like I think that that's the kind of very much the kind of take-home message from the film. And it, yeah, it leans pretty hard on that. But as an actual kind of the way the way that it unfolds is perfectly fine. Pretty satisfying story-wise. um Yeah, I thought this was alright. I am looking forward to getting into some more stuff over the next little while. But what I did do also uh this week was make time just this morning actually. Uh, this won't surprise you at all. But I did check out cadaver this morning on netflix no
1: yeah you talked about this a couple of weeks ago maybe even last week when we were doing the streaming platforms and it was something that you were very much looking forward to based on the synopsis how did it pan
0: out well so yeah it was just last week that i mentioned this because it only came out on thursday uh so yesterday what you have here is so it's a norwegian production and it is set in a kind of post-apocalyptic famine where you have this family who are obviously starving in this kind of desecrated it looks like it's it's kind of an indeterminate setting era wise but it looks kind of like 30s 40s kind of thing
1: right okay um,
0: yeah this family obviously are struggling they have a daughter to look after out of nowhere they and some others are invited slash buy tickets for this massive show that promises them a big meal as well as kind of entertainment in this gigantic mansion. Um, So they go there and obviously they get this massive plate of food which is kind of the main driver for them being there but at the start of it kind of this all happens in the first quarter of an hour or so the kind of host and benefactor of this whole thing introduces it and basically says that it's going to be a play that takes place in the entirety of this mansion and basically everyone that is there has to wear like a big creepy looking gold mask to distinguish themselves from the actors. Okay, But basically they're like, you'll see some things start here, follow the ones that interest you. So it's quite cool um, in the way that it, it starts off obviously being like, remember that everything that you see is staged. I don't think it's particularly spoilery to say that that's not exactly true.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't and, have imagined it would be.
0: <laughs> and then they went to the play and everyone had a nice time and then when they went home. Well, so they were start- horribly
1: murdered. <laughs> and no one did anything. <laughs>
0: Um, But what you have, it's quite cool to begin with, especially when you have these people kind of walking around, all looking kind of very faceless and austere because they all have these masks on. And you just watch these scenes, of kind of domestic turbulence. And I was kind of like, if this keeps on going down this road and it just gets progressively darker and darker then this has potential to be kind of like really nicely mountingly creepy and stuff but basically it doesn't completely abandon that conceit but it doesn't pay it nearly enough attention in my opinion after about the half hour 40 minute mark Mm -hmm. um the family the main characters their daughter goes missing and a lot of it becomes about them just trying to find her which i understand is their central concern but it's not necessarily mine (laughs) (laughs) Like, you've been introduced into this massive, kind of large-scale, very high-concept thing, and it's kind of disappointing to see it just largely ditch it when that idea gets a little bit too unwieldy.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay
0: so it is disappointing in that way and it, it, it kind of pulls itself back around to a reasonably okay ending but it runs out of steam just incredibly abruptly around about the kind of 50 minute mark or so in a way that i don't think it really recovers from so yeah cadaver a bit of a disappointment and a bit of a missed opportunity more than anything else like i'm kind of just disappointed to see something that kind of was brimming with what seemed like a nice level of ingenuity to be kind of squandered in the way that it is
1: okay that's a disappointment
0: yeah but you know the freight experience so far has been pretty good so it hasn't all been bad news speaking of which
1: Mitch, what your
0: sense on the 90s? For one last time. Yeah, now, 90s side quest ends today. Thank you to everybody that has stuck by me through this uh, this venture. Um, as you said last week, Andy, it has not been a deep dive of any description to any one subgenre. I think that, to be honest, to do that would kind of defeat the purpose. Okay, sure. My idea was to cast the net as far and wide as possible, and I think that between like slasher sequels to things like uh, The Graveyard Story to things like Bad Boy Bubby, I think that I have done that
1: okay okay um
0: i decided not to end on any kind of mad event film or anything like that i thought that it would be kind of more in keeping with the scattershot nature of the selections to go for something a little bit off kilter so i finished with sometimes they come back
1: (laughs) okay and how how was that as a as a farewell to the 90s
0: I finally bid farewell to the nineties. Yeah. I thought that sometimes they come back was not bad. I thought it was quite interesting. For uh for anyone that is not familiar, uh you have a teacher here who goes back to his hometown for a job and he's got this kind of memory of his brother being murdered by a group of teenagers uh, who were then hit by a train before they could kill him. Right. But the teenagers have returned to the town as they appeared before they died, and his students start disappearing one by one, and it's up to him to kind of crack the case. It's based on a Stephen King story. Yeah. I, I quite like this. I would say that like um the villains drove me insane. I really actively wanted them to die um, <laughs> for the entire time. So very effective in that respect. What I would say is, for as irritating as they were, I think that they got the intimidation levels right and things like that. They were convincing antagonists. It is like, it's incredibly 90s in terms of, like set dressing and this over earnest score and um, the whooping and cheering leather clad bad guys and all that kind of thing <laughs> yeah. um, but it was a, it was a perfectly fine time and absolutely uh, a perfectly fine way to end what has been a very strange journey.
1: Yeah yeah and it's funny to think that from this point onwards you will never watch another film from the 1990s ever again until the day <laughs> you die. That,
0: that is the rule yeah that's what wow. we hate. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I may occasionally uh, dredge up 90s nope. films every now and again, but I no longer have to do it by obligation week on week. So it is time to pass the torch.
1: Yes, it is. It is indeed. I'm happy to take up the mantle. And I'm happy to tell you, Mitch, that I have been beavering away adding things to my Amazon Prime watch list. Okay. I'm not about to start telling you what's on that list, Mitch, because that defeats the purpose. I may not do them in the order that I've added them to the watch list. But uh, yeah, there's all manner of craziness on here things with wings, things that bite, things that flap. That's also things with wings. I realise now. <laughs> things that sting. <laughs> yep. It's uh, it's a wild time, and uh, to be honest, there's no place better than Amazon Prime to find this level of shite.
0: That is certainly true. I'll ask you one question. Do you have an opener in mind?
1: I do have an opener in mind. I'm not about to tell you what it is, though. Of
0: course not. Course Rest not. assured, it will be watched, and I will have chat about that next week. Lovely. In the meantime, though. Yeah. <laughs> What have they been saying? Feedback time then and a fair amount of you getting in touch this week some of whom were chipping in with your thoughts on The Haunting of Juliet so Mm. that was of course this past Friday's episode where we were joined by Shudder's head of programming Sam Zimmerman fair to say a little bit more serious than uh, some of the films that we generally cover
1: that's true yeah yeah that's that's definitely true and it was something that you addressed uh, yourself on twitter
0: yeah and uh, people did kind of get back in touch and we did talk about this because i'm always curious about what people are looking to get out of this when they listen to it and (laughs) when we do something that's a little bit more straight-faced Sure. Um, whether or not that's kind of like if that jars with people or if it's something that they're open to and stuff and we did have a couple of people get in touch about that Darren Gaskell on Twitter saying I'm always up for the slightly more serious episodes in amongst the general madness
1: Yeah, and Hani underscore Ray saying one of the attractions of the podcast for her is uh, definitely the diversity of discussions that come out of it.
0: Well that's good to know for sure. Um, Elsewhere talking about the film itself uh, in the Chud Locker, Andrew Barron. Five minutes in and as someone with an intense fear of choking who is also father to a young daughter The Haunting of Julia has already fucked me up good and proper. I'm just glad that basic first aid has evolved beyond simply holding a child upside down and kicking the shit out of it to free a blocked pipe. And, uh... and Stephen Wales weighing in, saying that was just a fun, high-spirited, feel-good movie I needed for a Thursday
1: night. A lot of Biden got in touch, uh, just saying uh, this w- wasn't really directed at us so much as it was just a general comment to Laura's own followers, saying uh, "Street Trash, Teen Witch, Exorcist Two, The Haunting of the Julia." There really is no better place to be than strong, violent PC. Join us, and uh, seeing it written down like that, we we really have kind of done a broad spectrum of mad shit on this show. <laughs>
0: That is very true. I mean, like, see, when you read back through the list of films, honestly, there's sometimes, you know, I remember every episode. Whenever I look one up, I'll look at it, and I'm, I distinctly remember that conversation, how I felt about it, stuff like that. But sometimes I'll see a film, and I'll be like, oh, God, we did an episode on that one, didn't we? <laughs> like, if I'm once looking at it, then I remember the particulars of the conversation pretty well. But at this point, we've now talked about 123 films. I think I can be forgiven for not being able to just immediately produce that list from memory. <laughs> (laughs) And one more on The Haunting of Julia. Uh, Not so Cian. Cian O'Brien, our pal, on Twitter. Definitely looking forward to the next Strong Violent PC. The Haunting of Julia gets nowhere near the love it deserves. Um, I think the only person actually who, in advance of the episode, spoke about having already seen the film?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, 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 I saw a couple other people actually that had said they'd seen it. One of which... Funny, I mentioned Teen Witch a minute ago. Was Jed Shepard who says that he absolutely loves that film.
0: Oh nice, okay, cool. I also um I got a message from Dean Capsalis. Oh right, okay. Uh this week, just saying simply that he'd seen the film and he loved it as well. Oh, excellent, Dean. I'm assuming now, feeling fairly vindicated after uh, getting a reasonable response to his defence of Exorcist Two, and um, and now also having another film brought to the table—an uh, underappreciated film that he's got a bit of time for.
1: Well, Mitch, it's interesting that you mentioned Dean. This is all flowing perfectly for me today because I have a comment about <laughs> The Exorcist Two. Oh, okay. From Saltired Popcorn, known for the season as Saltired Pumpkin, okay, <laughs> saying I presumably watched the film. Um, Saying, okay, I'm not entirely one over, but Dean certainly provided a fun and robust defence. Nicely done, sir. Nicely done. Yeah, can I say fairer than that, I don't think. Absolutely not. It's a tough sell for people to understand. Obviously, Stevie Reeve, resolute in his refusal to return to it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, other people a little more amenable. Um, I want to say hello to Rob Thorpe. Hi, Rob. Who, a uh, new patron last week.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: thank you. Uh, he got in touch saying that he was going to check out the mortuary collection after hearing the Patreon episode about it that we put out this week. Yes,
1: uh, and that's also something we did uh, check out our Patreon.
0: Yeah, but needless to say, I did say it to Rob when he posted that to um, let us know his thoughts if he did check it out. He said it was tremendous, loved it, Clancy Brown was ace, no arguments here. Yep, you're not going to hear any
1: dissension from me on that point. You want to bring it home with what you have? Uh, yeah, I've only got the one thing left coming in from Dan Popomatic. Name for the season, Dan Popomatic, but scary. Clever. He embarked on the same weird quest that you did. Again, a quest that I don't really have any interest in involving myself in but uh, I jumped on to Amazon Prime presumably to watch the Welcome to the Blumhouse series that we talked at length about over the past couple of weeks
0: mm-hmm yeah yeah um, anyone who was listening may know that I'm not a massive advocate of those films no 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 uh, with the exception of one black box uh, Dan Popomatic however saying not
1: enjoyed any of those Blumhouse Presents films on Amazon though
0: I haven't seen the lie yet. That's not going to be the one to win you over.
1: <laughs> well, He goes on to say that sh- that we said it's the worst of the bunch uh, so probably won't bother. I have to say I didn't say it was the worst of the bunch. You did. I've not seen it. I'm not rushing to it No, I haven't
0: seen it. Trust that instinct. I have just the one thing left and it's just something that we've been tagged in this week because it's something that we uh, worked on together this week as well. Uh, anyone who remembers our. Already- resident evil episode or has been to any of our live shows actually may know uh, of michael park the host and producer of the scottish history podcast scotland
1: yeah does exactly what it says on the town The scotland podcast
0: it does indeed yeah um but for halloween he is doing a series of readings of scottish ghost stories and this week we had the choking ghost which came out on friday mm. uh which is uh produced by michael read by you and scored by me
1: yeah, it's a family affair. It's lovely.
0: Yeah, it's out there. If you search Scotland Scottish History Podcast on all of your podcast platforms, you can get it there. It's only 15 minutes out of your day. If you want to go and take a look at that and hear some of the things that we get up to when we're not doing this, then that's out in the world right now.
1: And if you're a fan of my rumbling tones, then you'll find plenty to love there.
0: Oh yeah, you're going full uh, ASMR on this one.
1: I know, I, I was real close to my microphone when I was doing it. I was like right in and breathy and everything. Like, it
0: was... It's very NPR. Yeah,
1: I gargled with stones.
0: Sure. Of course, what else? (laughs) So, I believe that is it. Yep. it is once again time for mitch's pitches mitch's Pictures is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment while we're recording and he will send a picture to my phone it will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by he'll have photoshopped out the title and the tagline and left only the image it'll fall to me to describe the image to the best of my ability and give it a title and a synopsis we will then of course share the image to social media as well so you guys can play along at home and get pictures in yourself this past week, we had the dead pit reappropriated by me as the show must go on. The incredible dismemberment of manboys fanboys.
1: I quite liked that.
0: Yeah, I thought it was not bad. I must say, I was reasonably happy with it. And a fair few people getting in touch this week. Hanny underscore Ray first. Then a pinhead cosplayer becomes convinced that he's actually a cenobite after one of his pins is accidentally jammed into his skull in a freak free hug accident. This leads to him digging a pit in his garden, raising the dead, and reaping bloody vengeance on his fellow cosplayers in conventional horror. He'll tear your sewing apart. <laughs> Elsewhere, we've got Catherine Mazer, first time pitcher. Wow, welcome. At local fetish party, Tickle Me Nappy, things take a left turn with the advent of the Rapture. <laughs> as they often do. Group Grope favourite Alyssa Bliss, incredibly, is one of the chosen for the pneumatic tube to heaven. Her bevy of earthbound friends aren't so keen to give up the giggle, the compulsive tickle, and won't let go of her feet. It's a ward of worlds. Laugh till you hurl, or get torn apart in screams. Whilst you make it upstairs or get ribbed by players for all eternity, it's 1989's The Rupture. You'll split your pants. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Laura Bynan, it's 2004 in Louisville and only Michelle's Slipcase can descend into the pit to fight off the creepy Kentuckian in a little seen but much loved regional horror deadpit.com.
1: Right, okay. <laughs> I okay. see,
0: I see what she did. Yet. Uh, James Rodriguez, wanting a break from their lives Allison and her friends take a holiday to a remote resort in France, renowned for their unbelievable jacuzzi escapes. Ooh, Once you cool. go in you come out a changed person, they're warned by a creepy old kook, unaware of how true his words are. The jacuzzi burns off the people's skins, the intense pain breaking their minds, transforming them into cannibalistic creatures who are to be subdued and forced to work in manufacturing plants Get ready for the horror film critics have labelled somewhat better than walking into traffic It's 1987's Jacuzzi. <laughs> Jesus Christ Ian McMillan back sticking to the same theme as last week not oh, god turns out the bowels of the earth are actual bowels some teens on a sex and drink camping trip just want to have laughs and some of the other but when they find a geothermal plunge pool they can't help but take a skinny dip however this pothole is actually the earth's arsehole and only when <laughs> and when the only virgin of the horny group is boiled alive his soul becomes the sacrifice necessary to open the gates of hell it's anus horribilis of course it is <laughs> I really like that. And uh, wrapping us up this week, John Paul Fitch. Gladys loves synchronised swimming. Oh. The local YMCA has the best team in the city, but when Gladys is asked to attend midnight practice, she's suspicious. Her anxiety is piqued when the other girls strip off not only their clothes, but their skin, Ooh. and reveal themselves as infernal demons swimming in a swirling hell soup of demon smegma. Will Gladys escape their infernal clutches, or will she find herself no skinny dipping with the demons? Tracy Lords and Carrie Hooter star in the 1992 release of <laughs> Gladys' Night of the Dips... <laughs> ah, I see what he's done
1: there. I like that. I like that. By the way, I don't ever want to hear the word smegma on this podcast again.
0: Yes, that is a first and last situation. Yeah, yeah. There's we'll a have few... no more of that. Thank you. Yeah, there's
1: few things in life that churn my stomach worse than smegma and everything that surrounds that
0: oh apologies we have one more not one more instance of that word but one more uh pitch from cp buckley oh,
1: okay as
0: the dust settles on the events of the first film lone survivor sandy flaps t- <laughs> tries to, to forget the horrific events by taking an island cruise with her few remaining friends she soon finds that it's more than a club 18 to 30 holiday when Tackface returns to consume her soul and bring her <laughs> back to hell but Tackface isn't the only problem sandy has to deal with when a horde of cannibalistic zombies attacks the group Sandy finds a new ally, however, when mercenary, can you guess? Dick Hardman. Dick Hardman comes to the island <laughs> to stop a cocaine kingpin. Soon the pair are cutting a swathe through the zombies as Sandy tries to evade the evil tack face. It's 1995 surprise mashup sequel, Heck Razor 2, The Hard Man Cometh. <laughs> that is your lot for this week.
1: Wow, okay. Uh, best character name, Sandy Flaps. Okay, so CP claiming
0: another win? And a uh, best pitch to Ian McMillan. <laughs> I don't think we should be encouraging this, but okay. CP and Ian, congratulations you are this week's winners. A double batch and nothing heading your way. So. Yeah, are you ready? Sure. Get a load of this. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Right, right, right. Okay, I'm going to say that this is, in its own way, slightly kind of simpler than some of the stuff you've given me recently, which is weird when you consider what I'm about to describe. There's no mm-hmm. border to this image. The background is a skyline with a kind of, like, blood-red moon. We've got a bustling metropolis below us. Sure. has hazard, I guess,
1: as to where we are in the world.
0: Uh, I would say that we are in New York of a certain era because that appears to be the Twin Towers uh, in the background there. (laughs) Okay. But, yeah, so we've got um, a scatter of of high-rise buildings that are kind of emerging through a thick layer of either cloud or smoke or fog. Um, We also have a, a large dragon occupying a large amount of real estate in the image. uh Uh, it is kind of soaring over the tallest of the buildings or actually it might just be the nearest (laughs) first perspective is throwing me it might not be the tallest but uh in one of its dragon hands because it does look like it has kind of proper human hands um it is holding what appears to be a blonde woman i can't tell if she's in a state of some distress but if i was in her shoes i would be (laughs) um she has long blonde hair and she seems to have been plucked from somewhere And uh, the dragon is looking menacingly, not actually into camera, just kind of looking down on the city below. So there you go, bustling metropolis against blood-red skyline as a dragon flies away with distressed blonde-haired woman.
1: Crucially though, Mitch to be in her shoes, uh, she would have to be wearing shoes. She is not wearing shoes here. Also, there's a further perspective issue at play here, because is this dragon about to straddle the building, or is it carrying the woman away from the building? Because if so, not only is the dragon large, the woman is inordinately large.
0: Also true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few unanswered questions here actually. I have a couple of notes about this poster, but I feel like that's not really the point. Um, (laughs) Let's see what I can do with this.
1: Sure, no problem.
0: (laughs) Right, okay. Let's let's, uh, give me a minute and see what I can come up with on this one
1: I'm actually quite impressed Mitch that when you opened this image and you, you embarked upon your description of what you were seeing um, when you when you <laughs> uh, rather than just say well, uh, uh, well actually it's, uh, it's just a dragon you endeavoured to make some attempt to describe it even on, in, on the kind of flimsiest surface level <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like dragons, they don't take many forms, but, you know, like, I'd kind of like to be a little bit more evocative in my storytelling than that. Sure, sure, and I, for one, appreciate it. Thanks very much. You know what, it's nice to know that someone does. Okay, right, I think I'm there. Okay. A little bit of a leap, right, but bear with me, okay? Jesus, okay. Three years after the events of the first film, ailing tech giant Titan Globoplex are out to recover (laughs) following the massacre of their employee at the hands of reanimated Rust Belt Army General Judah Outdoorsman. Having relocated to a bustling metropolis to hatch a plan for the return to the top and to map a recovery for their ailing share price, CEO Philip Decoffers and his army of yes-men head back to the drawing board. However, they can't escape the attentions of environmental activists still enraged at the damage done to the tranquil rural areas they desecrated three years earlier. Desperate to avoid another PR disaster, Decoffers kidnaps activist leader Harmony Bodies with a view to making this problem go away by any means necessary. However, what Decoffers doesn't know is that Harmony is descended from Judah himself and is out to take vengeance of her own. Using the very same power used to reanimate her dead great-great-great-grandfather years earlier, she summons the aid of a sprawling prehistoric fire-breathing death machine to take out the corporate schmucks once and for all. With destruction raining upon Titan Globoplex, what starts as a deadly fight for survival soon becomes a deadly fight for survival as Decoffers and his band of money-hungry miscreants are forced to confront the consequences of their bloodless capitalism. You're Fired takes on a whole new meaning in 1990's wildly unnecessary sequel, Making a Killing 2, Money to Burn.
1: I thought I recognised a lot of that. Obviously I recognised Titan Globoplex as your kinda go to evil
0: corporation. Yeah, um I think that the only recurring elements are Titan Globoplex and uh reanimated Rust Belt Army General Judah Outdoorsman.
1: Yeah, yeah, I quite like that. I quite like that. I liked the name The Coffers. That has a kinda Dutch Afrikaans feel to it that I was quite responding to.
0: Thanks very much. Yeah, yeah. I actually spelled it to that effect. <laughs> 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 I was trying to make it a little bit continental for the benefit of no one, because no one ever sees this written down, so sure. thank you for flagging that up. Um, more to the point, though, uh, what is this really, and who's synopsisizing? What year did you say? I said 1990, because I had to set it after the events of Making a Killing. Right,
1: okay. Uh, it's 1982, and the film is Larry Cohen's, quite frankly, excellent, Q, the Winged Serpent.
0: Q, the Winged Serpent? Is that, like, the letter Q?
1: It is the letter Q. It's uh, for quits a coddle.
0: Can see why they abbreviate it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. uh, Right. The question on everybody's lips though, who's synopsizing for us today?
1: So the synopsis this week, Mitch, is another one of those uh, anonymous ones, so uh, no credit to anyone here.
0: Right, okay. Uh, lay it on me then. Okay. <clears throat>
1: NYPD detectives Shepard and Powell are working on a bizarre case of a ritualistic Aztec murder. Meanwhile, something big is attacking people in New York, and only greedy small-time crook Jimmy Quinn knows where its lair is.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> jimmy quinn that's a bit of a ron hunt isn't it <laughs> uh, have you seen this one yeah yeah it's great oh cool okay good uh that concludes mitch's pitches for this week that image is everywhere if you want to join in then of course feel encouraged to do so we love hearing from you and big congratulations once again to cp and ian this week's winners so turning our attentions to the streaming platforms this week if you were expecting it to be kind of dialed up as we head towards halloween you'd be right Uh, Amazon Prime even stepping up and giving us something. Oh! I actually want to mention before we start um, This wasn't available on any resource When I was doing this last week But Death of a Vlogger from Graham Hughes Has landed on Amazon Prime in the UK now So if you haven't seen that film yet You now have no excuse Go and check that out It's amazing It's excellent Yeah. This week though Wednesday the 28th of October Amazon Prime has Richard Stanley's The Colour Out of Space oh. After a meteorite lands in the front yard of their farm Nathan Gardner and his family Find themselves battling a mutant extraterrestrial organism That infects their minds and bodies Transforming their rural lives into a technicolor nightmare. Great film.
1: Yep. Yeah, loved it. Front to back, loved
0: it. On now TV and Sky Cinema on the thirtieth, we've got the invisible man from Lee Winnell. After staging his own suicide, a crazed scientist uses his powers to become invisible to stalk and terrorize his ex-girlfriend. I still haven't seen this. Uh loved it. Front to back, loved it. Okay, cool, great. I remember you saying that at the time actually. Yeah. Now, I'm never entirely sure how these work on Sky when they do these um collections. Right, okay. Mm -hmm. Because they're often films that have been there for a while and continue to be there after this, but they've kind of done a couple of things where they've kind of collated a few things for Halloween favourites. There's a Halloween collection that is kind of assembled from the 24th of October to the 1st of November. It's got a whole load of stuff on it. It's got The Exorcist, The Grudge 2020, Anna and the Apocalypse, Annabelle Comes Home, Beetlejuice, Behind You, The Dead Don't Die, Brightburn, Us, Ready or Not. Loads of great stuff.
1: That's a real mixed bag of stuff. A lot of stuff there that is good. The Exorcist, Star on the Apocalypse, but there's some stuff there that I was pretty ambivalent on. The Grudge 2020 is not good. I wasn't a massive fan of Brightburn. I feel it was a real missed opportunity. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting selection.
0: One thing I do think that is cool, though, that they have done that may be of interest to listeners of ours with children is that they've put together a spooky collection, which is ghost or horror stuff that's pitched at children. All right, That's quite cool. Yeah, so if you're looking for some inspiration for something to introduce your kids to this Halloween, then uh, this collection's got a whole load of really good stuff in it, actually, depending on to what extent you want to traumatise your child. We've Hooray! got uh, The Addams Family, Coraline, which I think is amazing. Uh, Ghostbusters 1984. got uh got Hocus Pocus, The Witches if you really want to freak them out um, and also Casper the Friendly Ghost as well so loads of stuff, like I say of varying degrees of scariness if you want to introduce your kids to some stuff this year
1: Lovely, some of that stuff's really good Disney Plus does a similar thing just now, like with uh, Nightmare Before Christmas and Frank and Weenie and Hocus Pocus as well. So there's a bunch of stuff on there as well.
0: Oh, nice. That's cool. Um, So Shudder has also got your backs, as you may have come to expect. On Monday, the 26th of October, we have an animated creep show Halloween special. Ooh. Halloween edition of the anthology show starring Kiefer Sutherland and resident Mitch Bane favourite Joey King.
1: <laughs> oh, Christ move to the next one
0: (laughs) Uh, also coming to Shudder we've got Creepy a retired detective Takamura receives a request from his ex-colleague Nogami to examine a missing family case from six years before as he begins to look into it events in his own neighbourhood become stranger and stranger and also, I am not a serial killer. A troubled teen with homicidal tendencies has to hunt down and destroy a supernatural killer while suppressing his own inner demons. I uh, really like both of those films. Actually, saw them both at Silent Screams. I think in the same year.
1: Yeah, I really like uh, I'm Not a Serial Killer as well, and I love the source material.
0: Ah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Netflix absolutely loading up with stuff this week. Monday, the 26th of October, we've got Wildling. Confined to an attic for years by a man claiming to be a protector, teenage Anna is liberated and begins learning the rest of her terrifying story. Wednesday, the 28th of October we've got nobody sleeps in the woods tonight addicted to technology a group of teens attends a rehabilitation camp in the forest but a sinister force there intends to take them offline forever I roll um <laughs> <laughs> i really fed up finger waggy films about how we all need to get off our phones <laughs> Disconnect, man. Uh, on Friday the 30th, we've got his house. As a young couple from war-torn South Sudan it seeks asylum and a fresh start in England, they're tormented by a sinister force living in their new home. Also on Friday the 30th, we have got the Day of the Lord. A retired priest haunted by his sins is pulled back into the darkness when a friend begs him to help his possessed daughter. Sunday 1st November, Andy. Got to say, I'm smelling some smoke in here.
1: Oh, 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 lay it on me.
0: Lineage of Lies. Reeling from her mother's death and a new pregnancy, a woman is thrilled when her long lost grandmother appears, but the happy reunion is short lived.
1: Wow. Okay. I can only guess that bad things happen.
0: I would say that that is a fair estimate. <laughs> um, Ghosts of War. Five battle worn Allied soldiers guarding a chateau previously occupied by Nazis start experiencing unexplained and terrifying supernatural horrors. Also got Assassination Nation coming this week, a Kraken film, after a massive hack exposes their town secrets four selfie obsessed friends are targeted by an angry horde out for bloody revenge and also coming on sunday to netflix lucky mckee's kindred spirits
1: oh cool I've, I've not seen this yet it's
0: really good a single mom navigating a fragile relationship with her teen daughter finds life more complicated and possibly dangerous when her sister moves in so no shortage of stuff there <laughs> Mm. Uh, my pick i would say probably is kindred spirits but i feel like you may have a differing opinion on the stuff that you've seen yeah
1: i'm gonna say you could do a lot worse than checking out death of a vlogger the invisible man color at a space or assassination nation
0: so your pick of the week is a four-way tie <laughs>
1: It's not a four-way tie, but uh, those are four excellent films this week and you could do worse than watching all of them.
0: Yeah, definitely get stuck in. Uh, That is everything for the streaming platforms this week. I think that basically everywhere has done a pretty good job of programming some pretty cool stuff for Halloween.
1: Yeah, actually, yeah, I would agree with you, Mitch, because we are pulling pretty tight into that, that special day. Indeed,
0: we are. Yeah, yeah, special in many ways this year, of course.
1: (laughs) <laughs> Don't fucking remind me.
0: Turn on attention then to the this week's show, which is, I guess, effectively our Halloween episode. Yeah, it'll be dropping
1: on the 30th, so more or less, yeah.
0: Um, and we do have another guest this week. We've done it again. This is one <laughs> that we've been chipping away on for a little while, so really, really happy to have her here. Yes. She is... Uh deep breath. She is the star of Joel Gavargazian's The Stylist. She is also the star of After Midnight. She is the director and writer of 12 Hour Shift. She is the writer and star of Natasha Kamani's Lucky. She has also been in about maybe 70-80% of the great indie horror that you've seen over the last few years. We are joined (laughs) this week by Bria Grant.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited about this for many reasons. And I'm I'm going to say it right now, before I mention the film necessarily, I'm going to stave off any criticism because, you know, you know, we started off with a particular naming convention that led to a lot of people going, "What well, the fuck are you covering in this film? This doesn't need defending. This doesn't need defending. That is indeed the exact voice that they use when they say that, yeah. They, it's one person, one vocal person, and they can fuck off. right <laughs> <laughs> but what I want to say is in the case of this film I agree that there is absolutely no defence required for this film but Mitch doesn't like it so ergo it qualifies we we don't have consensus on this Mitch has seen it a handful of times he has not responded to it in any way shape or form so it qualifies for the show so that's why we're doing Basket Case
0: That was a great rant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Fuck it. Defend it to me. Nobody ever has to do that because I like everything. Yeah, and in this case, you're not a massive fan of Basket Case. No, it's not really been one that I've ever really taken to, so I'm looking forward to hearing Bria's perspective and Mm -hmm. uh, getting a chance to dig into it again. see if I get any more out of it this time around. Bria Grant joins us this week to talk Basket Case. We are really excited about this. We hope you are too. If you want to get in touch with us between now and then, there are loads of ways you can do that. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC. You can email scenes at gmail.com and you can, of course, interact with other listeners on our ever-growing Facebook group, The Chud Locker.
1: Yeah, and uh, side note for patrons: expect another drop this week. Uh, it'll be an Irredeemables episode um, for us sins. But uh, yeah, there'll be yeah. an Irredeemables episode coming to Patreon this week. And if you're not already a Patron, head over to patreon.com forward slash strong language violent scenes and take a little look at what's on offer there. There might be something that makes you go, "Huh, two pounds, I'll give these guys two pounds or... Forty pounds. (laughs) Uh, Basically, that's that's the kind of the breadth of the of the tears there. But uh, yeah, just just take a little look. You don't have to give us anything because we're going to keep doing this anyway.
0: We overshot fucking horribly with a forty quid teer. Just waiting on that sugar
1: daddy coming out of the works.
0: We are back in your main feeds this Friday, talking Basket Case with Bria Grant. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye.
1: Bye-bye. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean.